0: It is kind of tragic in a way that when you ask the general public the question Elton John and they think of, you know, big glasses and the Lion King and it's all quite wrong, really. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Elton John. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. Fact is cold as hell. I would have walked head on into the deep end of a river, clinging to your stocks and bonds, paying your HP demands forever. What do you? seems to me the siren seems to be the hardest word
1: So it was sometime in 1976, this kid who lived across the street from me comes to the door with an armload of Elton John records. He said his dad was making him get rid of the records because Elton was a queer. What does that mean? I asked. He's gay now, said the kid. I'm not sure if the kid was upset at Elton or his dad, but whatever, I wanted the records. all the albums that I'm really going to focus on for this episode of the podcast. Elton was born Reginald Kenneth Dwight in like 1947 and he's worked with uh, Bernie Taupin like since 1967 until now with a big break in the middle and to me that break was where this period ends. Dennis and I have talked a lot and his theory which I believe in is that uh, you know these artists these bands they have like a really good 10 year window. And in that 10 year period, that's really going to be where they do their best work, even down to eight years. Of course, that's not true for everyone, but even if you take an artist with a really long career, like, say, Neil Young, and you chopped out all the stuff that you would like to chop out, it probably fits inside of 10 years. But if you're looking at Elton John and the pace he worked back in the 70s, it really The only thing that comes close to it in that tight a time frame is, you know, the Beatles, as far as just the the quality of work, the the quantity of work. His music was so good and it sounded so good on the radio. In this classic era of Elton John, I'm going to focus on a period of time which contains the following albums. Elton John, Tumbleweed Connection, 171170, The Friends soundtrack, Madman Across the Water, Honky Chateau, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which is a double album, Caribou, Elton John's Greatest Hits, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, and Rock of the Westies. So I took the albums, I was half super excited, half confused, and I went to show my dad and explain how I got them all so he didn't think I stole them or something. I remember asking my dad what gay was, and he kind of rolled his eyes, he told me it's when a man likes men instead of women romantically, and it's nobody else's business. He also said that uh, my friend's dad was a moron, which was true. Elton being gay affects me about as much as his hairline. Music has always influenced my beliefs, and this was one of the first ones I can remember making the decision easy for me.
0: Yvonne wears his like a crown. It calls child Jesus, because he likes the name. And he sends him to the finest school in town Livon, Levon lacks his money He makes a lot to say Spends his days Counting In a garage
1: by the more away So the next Christmas I got Elton John's greatest hits volume two and then he was right up there with the Beatles as far as I was concerned just just pouring through these records just song by song by song. five-year period, 10 solid albums, one of them a double, not counting a movie soundtrack, two live albums, and an assortment of non-album singles and collaborations. considered a solo artist, but he had a hell of a team around him. He had met Bernie Toppin. Bernie wrote the lyrics. Elton would add music and vocal melodies to them. It was like just bookends. They went together perfectly. It was amazing what each of them brought to the table, and the fact that it gelled so much is even more amazing when you consider that Elton literally pulled Bernie's name out of a hat. So these guys were like two sides of a brain working together. And at their peak, Bernie would be writing lyrics while Elton would be shaping them into songs in another room, all the while they're yelling suggestions and comments back and forth through the walls while they kept working, and they were just cranking out songs.
0: Hello, this is Brian Matthew in London, welcoming you to another BBC Rock As we join the audience at the Hammersmith Odeon, in London, Elton opens the show at the piano with Skyline Pigeon.
1: producer through all these albums was Gus Dudgeon. I think that's how you pronounce it. He was the guy who produced David Bowie's Space Oddity, She's Not There by the Zombies. The production on all these Elton records is top shelf. The whole time he was with Elton. It's just first class, grade A, prime, immaculate, perfect production.
0: Oh, Moses, I have been deceived. Now the wind has changed Not my cup of tea. Oh, Moses. I have been deceived. I'm going back.
1: get to the band in a minute, but one of Gus's secret weapons was Paul Buckmaster. Paul was an arranger, conductor, a composer, and if you go back and you listen to any of the Elton John albums from the 70s that I'm talking about, it's his flavors there. But it's so much a part of record. If you add an orchestra to so many other rock records, whether that's good or bad, you still go, oh, there's an orchestra. But the way that Paul Buckmaster did it, it really did fit in nicely. What would you say that he is to those records. I don't know. Magic. I guess magic. Now we can talk about the band so at first the bass group was like a power trio it was elton d murray on bass nigel olson playing drums and percussion it was like ben folds five kind of thing later they added david johnston on guitar and then expanded that with uh, other players and so on and so forth. but let's talk about these core guys so first is nigel nigel olson we always talk about drummers serving the song you know the best drummer in the world for serving a song is ringo but Nigel Olsen, he does this incredibly well, but he's really dramatic. It's, there's like this dynamic uh, volume changes. He really hammers home different words and sections of songs. And then sometimes in the middle of this void, his drums just come through like really huge. And the song that is in my mind right now where I'm thinking of that, that I want to use as an example, is Somebody Saved My Life Tonight. Check out the drums coming in.
0: darkest dreams I'm strangled by a haunted social scene
1: So I think that says it all as far as Nigel Olsen's importance to the band. You could say the same thing about Dee Murray. He's very tasteful, underappreciated. He has really good tone. It's just rich, warm. Um, you don't ever hear a pick, a string. It's just like smooth. And all of the other counter melodies just seem to bounce off of whatever it is he's holding down. But he kind of allows them some room to push in and out. He kind of allows them the room to bend things. And, and then Davy Johnston, the guitar player, he's almost like a glam guitar player and I mean that in that his guitar sounds and the riffs and things he plays it's in an Elton John setting are just really explosive of course a number of other players through the years, most notably Ray Cooper, this weirdo, odd, energetic percussionist who seemed to be like on everybody's records for a while. The self-titled album released in 1970 is the beginning of this brilliant era that launched his career. It started off with the song Your Song, uh, which is nice enough, but it's not really representative of what was coming around the corner. And apparently that album was pretty much Nothing but polished demos Try to sell the songs to other acts It's not a bad album It's kind of a soft rock singer-songwriter stuff That was happening
0: The song's still a song It was fun to be young But please don't be sad where you are I am who I am You are
1: something that gets overlooked a lot is how fantastic his voice is right from this first album or the album before but really picking up from your song forward he's just really truly soulful and confident but then when he gets intimate in there and gets right in your ear with saying something it's just very emotional and real and I don't think he ever gets enough credit for those vocals on those records The next album is Tumbleweed Connection, and it's interesting to me how many artists are so infatuated by cowboys and Indians around this time. Rock and roll, blues, jazz, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, New York City, hamburgers, cars with big tail fins. He loved that shit. There's a soundtrack album in here somewhere called Friends. It has one great song on it, but it's a soundtrack album, so I don't really count that much. Live albums never meant much to me, the studio albums are so superior it didn't matter. So in 1971 we get the very first classic, which is Madman Across the Water.
0: See it very well There's a joke
1: This is the one that had early versions of the title track, Mick Ronson, and I don't think it went anywhere. Surprisingly, the album didn't do that well, and it's really wild when you go back and listen to the thing. I don't really have any idea why, but I think it's because he was starting to become a little more rock, and he was kind of soft-pedaling his singer-songwriter credentials as he moved towards a heavier thing. This record's by no means heavy, but the lyrics start getting to be a little skewed. And this is where Bernie Taupin, I think, starts to get surrealistic. Not crazy psychedelic, but he starts painting these really odd pictures of Levon, Razorface, and all the nasties. I really like all the tracks here. I I love Mad Men Across the Water. It's one of my favorites, but I really, I can't hear the last song, Goodbye, without thinking of Ray Charles. So when I play this, just imagine Ray Charles singing this song, and I just wonder, If anybody else ever had this idea, if he wrote it for Ray Charles, if he was inspired by Ray Charles, I haven't found anything yet. But that's where, uh, when Elton finally calls me, which I hope is soon, I will have a question to ask him that I haven't seen anybody else ask.
0: And now that it's all over Birds can nest again I'll only snow When the sun comes out I'll shine Only when it starts to rain And if you want a drink Just squeeze my hand And wine will flow into the land And feed my land For I am a mirror I can reflect the moon I will write songs for you I'll be your silver spoon I'm sorry I took your time I am the poem that doesn't rhyme just turn back a bit I'll waste away I'll waste away I'll waste away I'll waste away, I'll waste away.
1: Maybe it was the album cover. It's a bit homely and looks kind of arts and craftsy, you know, like something your grandma would have.
0: Boston the last in the plains touching down Our hostess is handing the hot towels around From a terminal gate to a black limousine It's a ten-minute ride to the Holiday Inn.
1: The next album is Honky Chateau, and it was a hit. gave him his first number one album in the States. Honky Cat was a hit. Rocket Man was a hit. Rocket Man being a sci-fi fantasy about a young Korean dictator who would not be born for another ten years.
0: Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself.
1: Honky Chateau is one of the best albums of his. This is uh, another classic, right up there, Mad Men.
0: A lyricist whose string of hits, in collaboration with Elton John, has made him one of the world's most popular songwriters. Please welcome Bernie Taupin. Thank you. Good evening. In 1972, when Elton John and I wrote Rocket Man, it became very popular among the listeners. Due to the interest in the meaning of the song, now in 1978 at the Science Fiction Film Awards, I'm truly proud once again to present My Rocket Man as interpreted by our host, William
1: Shatner. Thank you. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm going to be high. as a kite by then. place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell.
0: And there's no one there to raise them.
1: If you did. You also have to love Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Great song. Great use of that song and Almost Famous.
0: While more leasers and bad hatters, sons of bankers, sons of lawyers turn around and say good morning to the night For unless they see the sky but they can and that is why they know not if it's dark outside or
1: Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player It's the sixth album, and that's uh, 73. Big hits again, Crocodile Rock and Daniel, I remember loving Crocodile Rock. Supposedly, the album title comes from a joke that Elton made while hanging out with Groucho Marx and Alice Cooper. <laughs> My favorite track off of this is called Blues for Baby and Me. This is so good, just listening to in the dark. I remember listening to this song with my cheap little stereo and just the light from that coming on, and that song was just magical. And then Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. You know, this is his wall. This is his dark side of the moon. This is his Sgt. Pepper. This is his OK computer. This is his, you know, it's a classic fucking record. Every song. Excellent record and really worth a full listen. So I try to toss in a funny story every once in a while. Uh, the story is that Elton and Band jumped on a plane headed to Jamaica. Elton had loved the last Stones album and they had recorded in Jamaica and he wanted to go there and use the studio. The album the Stones made was Goatshead Soup, by the way. <laughs> so Elton arrives in Jamaica and they don't have fancy limousines. This is back in the 70s, so who knows. So Elton and Band arrive Head over to the studio, and they see what is basically a cinder block building with no air conditioning and certainly no luxury items. So they just got on another plane and went back, flew to France, and recorded the album there. Can't really imagine Elton John, like, sweaty, maybe no shirt, smoking ganja with some dudes. I don't know. Cut that bit out. I don't know if that's entirely true, but that's one of those stories you hear told varying ways every time it's told. This album wasn't supposed to be a double album, it just they had so much songs, so many great songs.
0: Forget will of God.
1: So I kind of think of Yellow Brick Road as being almost like a movie. There's so many different parts and different pieces, they all go together very well. But uh, there's tributes to Marilyn Monroe, and Cowboys, and Fighting, and Benny and the Jets, and all this stuff. Huge influence from America on this record. And as much as I really love so many songs on this record, I always come back to the title track. It's just haunting.
0: young to be
1: artwork. The album cover, really good job. Goodbye my own team
0: though I never i and...
1: I think you could have probably released any of the songs off this album, and they would have been a hit.
0: Hello, baby hello Haven't seen your face for a while Have you quit doing time for me Or are you still the same spoiled child? Hello, I said hello Is this the only place you thought to go? Am I the only man you ever had? Or am I just the last surviving friend that you
1: know? My favorite track off of here has to be All the Girls Love Alice.
0: If I give you my number, will you promise? They call you in your school report He's always taken interest In the subjects that he's taught Every Sunday, Father Fletcher heard your sins. Oh, he's unconcerned with competition. He never cares. To Tig in, tick in Grow up straight and true blue Run along to bed Here it, here it
1: in, Caribou is really the first imperfect album although it does have a couple of great songs ticking and don't let the sun go down on me
0: We have a new album out called Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Captain Fantastic Raised and regimented Hardly a hero Just someone whose mother might know Brown Dirt Cowboy Still green and growing Captain Fantastic The feedback The honey the hive Could be holding For this weak-winging Young sparrows Starving the winner Broken young Children on, Wheels out the winner a steered star, but vegetable were flowers. A thin neck.
1: Captain Fantastic and the Dirt Brown Cowboy, 1975. It's an autobiographical concept album, awesome gatefold sleeve, and treats in the packaging. It's true that the ensuing albums would not stack up as well with the ones previously discussed, but the singles were genius. You got Pinball Wizard and Lucy in the Sky, which were really nice modern interpretations. Philadelphia Freedom for Billie Jean King, and a nod to uh, Gamble and Huff. So somewhere in this period Elton fires his core band and they squeeze out the album Rock of the Westies. album overall, and I'd be very, very interested to hear what my millennial listeners think about the lyrics to that song, and to the next song called Grow Some Funk of Your Own. fucking with you kids if you love music like I do then you are my brothers and sisters except my sisters batshit crazy in 1975 Elton was in the best scene in Tommy with his giant Doc Martens and big glasses he was officially glam an entire life and career into five years and it's not been matched since with only a three-year span between 1972 and 1975 Elton saw seven consecutive albums reach number one in the United States something else that has not been accomplished before or since
0: like a corn in a field, I cut you down I threw the last too hard. After years ago instead. well, I thought that it was time to throw in my hand for a new set of cards. And I can't take you dancing out on the I figured we'd painted too much of this town, and I tried not to look as I walked to my wagon. And I knew then I had lost what should have been found. I knew then I had lost what should have been found. I feel like a boy.
1: So we've come to the end of the classic version. We uh, tapered off a little bit there at the end, but was still really excellent songs. And I'm going to include one from the next album, Blue Moves. And this is really the only thing on it that I think is worthwhile. And I wanted to show that Elton was so much more than what you've seen on TV. go back and listen to those 70s Elton records, you won't pick up a bad one, you'll pick up a weak one maybe, but the closer you get back to 1970, the better off you are. And if you hit that sweet spot in the middle, you, you're a fan now. You'll be coming back like it's crack. This has been produced by Donnie Shattuck. Now we reach a very special point in the evening.
0: Well, you're well, going to have another drink? Elton. I can still snort you under the table.